Welcome to From the Medium, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Welcome back. I am Molly Smith, your host. I want to remind you all that our program is available for download. You can do so by going to our website from themedian.org. Listeners, great to have you with us. Again, thank you so much. Either you might be staying with us because you've already listened to part of our program or you're joining us for the first time because as many of you know, we try to mix us all up, mix our programs up a little bit so that it's always interesting and you never know what's coming. So I love the fact that you continue to listen. We've got a wonderful, loyal audience that listens to us. So thank you all for that. And remember, of course, you can always call me if you need to. You can reach me on 440 684049. Right. So right now we have a brand new guest joining us. Susan Siang Sio is a graduate at the University of Notre Dame and has worked as a writer and editor for over 20 years. 14 of those years have been in the pro-life sector. This is the sort of person I love. Just amazing. I love the fact that people stay and get committed and just keep going on with the fight. Currently, she is the editor of the American Life League's Celebrate Life magazine, the nation's premier Catholic. Pro-Life Magazine. She is also the executive editor of All's Culture of Life Students Program, which is a pre-K through 12 Catholic pro-life education organization. All kinds of wonderful things under your belt, Susan. Wow. How did you get involved in this? You know, it's so funny because I have had, every now and again, we we interview people for, for different positions. And sometimes people say, well, I'd love to work with you, but if we work in the pro-life movement, we're not going anywhere else. We'll get blacklisted. This did not bother you. No. In fact, well, I grew up knowing the Brown family and I was good friends with one of the children. And uh, it was something that has always had a special place in my heart. And I knew from such a young age that the preborn baby is a human being and deserves protection. So when I found out, uh, it's been almost 15 years now that they were hiring, I decided to apply and got the job. And I've been there ever since. And for the, about the past five years, I've been editor of the Celebrate Life magazine and executive editor of the Culture of Life Studies program. And now I'm the director of that program as well. And that's a K-12 education program. Like you said, we create standalone lessons for uh kids in pre-K through all the way up through high school. And, you know, that as well holds a special place in my heart because I know that if you reach young children and you tell them from, you know, the time they are small that people deserve protection and that the baby, mm-hmm. a preborn baby is a human being, that they will grow to understand that and that they will want to protect that baby. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. You know, I'm very, very uh, uh, fortunate in that I've we've got a, a new little grandchild coming soon, and oh, congratulations! Yeah, it's so lovely. Oh my goodness, what a gift! What a gift! You know, we've we, we've gone all over the world. We've done all all kinds of things. We've battled and struggled all along, and then God sent us all our grandchildren. Oh, what a gift! <laughs> yes, indeed. So you know, but. But one of the things that I watch with, with the little, the, the older siblings is I watch the absolute 
wonder in their eyes when they know that there is another little sibling growing there, you know, that, that they have another sibling already. They already, and it's very obvious with children that they really get this. Exactly. And, and kids just absolutely love to see pregnant women. And I remember, you know, when my children were small and I have three kids and I was pregnant with my younger two, my older children would love to feel the baby kick and they knew that the baby was alive. They knew that there was a sibling who was coming soon. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's absolutely amazing. One of the, one of the uh, ultrasound pictures that we saw of the, of the new, the new grandchild was the little, little baby was like, was sort of, and it was tiny, like 11 weeks old. But already you could see the little feet had had they really had his little legs crossed, her, his or her little oh. legs crossed. It was like, oh my goodness, this is so amazing. This That's is so- God pro- produce, you know, creating the most beautiful thing in the world. So I just love it. I love it. Yeah, I love that you're doing what you're doing, Susan, because this you're so right. We have to get to our kids. Absolutely. We do, and you know, you mentioned. 3D sonograms that they're doing now. A friend of mine just posted on Facebook a couple weeks ago that facial recognition took the sonogram picture that he had posted on Facebook and used that facial recognition software and understood that it was, you know, this child he has who's now like nine years old. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness gracious. Even, even, this software can recognize that this baby, you know, grows into this person. So, you know, why can't people in our society realize this? Absolutely. And more and more and more, the science is on our side. And so this is, this is the amazing thing, which brings me to, to the reason why we have you on the show right now, Susan, is because, um, it is coming up for the, for the uh, uh, black history, American, you know, I think, what, what do they call it? The national, um, it's Black History Month. Black History Month. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you have taken umbrage with something that the uh, that the NAACP has put out. Tell us a little bit about what the, what this is all about. Well, I found a, a resolution on the NAACP site, and they talk about how abortion is a right, and you know it's justice for a woman to be able to have this right to take control of her body. And it just goes through point after point after point. And it really feels like it tries to stir up women and anger about why, you know, some states don't allow abortion or have abortion restrictions. And it just tries to stir up that anger. And, you know, it had the opposite effect on me because it's just so misguided. Yeah, absolutely. So, so um, you decided to not just sit back and, and get angry, Susan. You decided to do something about it. What? What's? What are we going to? How are you going to respond to that? Well, I, I wrote a letter to African American women, just going through some of the points, not all of them, but explaining the humanity of the baby and explaining the science behind the fact that a preborn baby is a human being from the moment, the very first moment of creation, and um, you know why it's not a right to kill a preborn baby. You know how that right never was in the 14th Amendment as people, you know, began to say when Roe v. Wade was was decided. And I talk about a woman named 
Jefferson, who was the first black woman to graduate with medical school, and how she really used the science to explain the fact that beings begin at, at creation. And I, I just use her as a great example because she was, you know, a wonderful pro-life advocate who was a leader in the pro-life movement. And she's the kind of person that we should be emulating, mm-hmm. not, you know, some misguided person at the NAACP who's ignoring the science. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting because one of the things you point out in your in your letter is that um Black babies, it's found that it was found that in 2021, compared with white women, abortion rates and and ratios were 4.5 and 4.3 times higher amongst black women. This is, this is tragic. It is. It really is. And if you look at where the majority of abortion clinics are, you will see that they are in the low income and minority neighborhoods. And, you know, the destruction that it's causing on black people in our society is, is just tragic. It's, it's absolutely tragic. 79% of, sur- of surgical abortion clinics are found facilities. They're not clinics. I, I, I always sort of quietly smack myself when I say clinic. It's not a clinic. It's, it's a, it's a mill, yeah. quite honestly. Yeah. Um, but 70, 79% of them are found within walking distance of an American, African American or Hispanic Latino neighborhoods. This is, this is genocide and it's happening right it in front of us and nobody wants to see it. No, that's why we have to get the word out. We have to explain that yeah. this is happening and that these, you know, people are being targeted. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. You know, we, we've just recently, well, in, in October, November, we got, we, we received our report here in Ohio on, on the abortion numbers here and this exactly the same thing. Here's what it was. Yeah. 48.4% of of uh, um, the people who who a woman who had who had abortions were black, forty three percent were white. So they were way, they were nearly five more, just about five five percent higher in the black population, and the black population in Ohio is about twelve percent. Yes, yes, that's very sad. Unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable to see to see what's happening. It is. So we have to explain. We have to educate. Yeah. Yep. Exactly right. Exactly right. And and you know, I, I, when I see this, um, one of the things that you mention in your article is that um, we have to start to understand the damage that this is doing to the black community. Tell us a little bit about that. You 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 quote the, the project Rachel uh, Rachel. Um, post-abortion healing ministry um, about the fact that there is this incredible hole that is left when you have an abortion. Yes, and a lot of the counselors who work for not just Project Rachel, but other, you know, post-abortive healing ministries have found that even, you know, women who initially say, oh, you know, the abortion was wonderful and it allowed me to do, you know, X, Y, or Z in the short term, you know, a lot of these women are coming back five, 10, even, you know, 30 years later and saying, what did I do? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I allowed my child to be killed. Yeah. And the regret is immense. And it is 
absolutely devastating to these moms who have allowed their babies to be killed. Absolutely. And, and in, you know, in the black community, this is just, it's, it's absolutely rampant. It's, it's used almost as a, uh, and encouraged to be used. Uh, abortion is used as, as a birth control method. And right. that's got to stop. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. It does. And we, you know, we have to address the issue with the young people mm-hmm. and we have to help them increase their self-esteem and the way that they look at themselves so that they want to adhere to chastity so that they don't give themselves to, you know, so many people as they get older and, and just see it as, you know, sex is something to do because when you have people who just don't care about their actions, they're not going to care about the the baby, the baby yeah. comes from that action. Yeah. yeah, you're so right. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because that's the other stark statistics that we see in Ohio here. In And every single year when the reports come out, we see the same thing happening over and over and over again. The number, you, you, if you look at the marital sta- sta- uh, status of people who have had an abortion, of women who've had an abortion per year, this last, the last statistic shows that 83.6%, folks, listen to this, 83.6% of women who had abortions were unmarried. We have got a huge problem, a huge problem. Unbelievable. Where as soon as you go up to, to married, it drops, it, well, it's, it's still 10%, but it's, you know, then you go to divorced, widowed, but between the divorced, widowed, um, and separated, you, you're looking at you know, close to, you know, well over 90%. So about 90% anyway. It's, so it just, it just shows what exactly what you're saying. Right. We have so many young people who just don't care about their actions and they don't care about themselves. They, you know, the, that, that tired mantra that we hear, you do you, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We hear that so much today, and it's the idea that you can do whatever you want as long as it doesn't hurt me kind of thing. And it's really a sad way to live. No, you're so right, because, you know, living that way does hurt everybody around them. So, you know, this is what this is what we, this is what our biblical principles teach us, for goodness sake. That is what they teach us is that, you know, love each other the way I love you. And how can you do that if you're doing you, you do you? I mean, that just, it doesn't compute. This just doesn't, you know, jive together. Do right. You, yeah. You know, Susan, you have, you're working with young people. You're putting together programs for, for the young people. What have you found over the years is the most effective way to, to, to get into this, um, to, into the nitty gritty of our children? Well, you know, it starts with parents who care enough to teach their children. And then it's just repetition of these ideas from the time their children are small. And of course, it doesn't always work because, you know, adult kids do what they want. Mm -hmm. But we have to start by laying that foundation. We have to explain that a baby is a human being from the time he is created. We have to explain that the elderly and the sick and the disabled have the same rights that people who don't have any diseases or issues or, you know, anything along those, that they're just as valued and just as important and that we have to protect them. And 
when we teach children these principles, they're going to be more likely to live them. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, and that's what yeah, we yeah, try to do in our lessons. Yeah. So, you know, we have so many lessons that explain the humanity of the preborn baby from a science perspective. And, you know, we show children fetal models and we have drawings of the preborn baby as, as he grows and we say what the baby can do in the womb and we talk about the importance of grandparents and the, the importance of, you know, uh, helping other kids in your school who may be lonely or sad or you know, not have any friends. And we'd really try to get children to develop that empathy for other people. Yeah, because without that, and, and it's, you know, sort of, it's all, all, kids learn by examples. So, you know, I think if you, if you are, are in the class or in the, in the whole process of educating them to these examples, I think that it goes, uh, you know, a thousand miles sort of thing because you can really help them to see this. And I watch my little grandchild, watch my, you know, watched my children doing the same thing. You, you know, you have to, you, you really do have to live, you know, do as I say, you know, and I must not do anything that, <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't fit in with what I'm saying. So, you know, there's a, there's a whole thing is do as I say, not as I do. But we, we always, I always used to say to the kids, if you see me doing something that I shouldn't be doing and I've told you not to do, then you have every right to say to me, you shouldn't be doing that. So if you can <laughs> somehow, <laughs> and they used to, they used to, you know, it was a big, uh, competition to see if they could find mom doing something that they, that they'd been forbidden to do. So <laughs> you can make it lots of fun too. So yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And building a culture of life requires that we live that culture of life. So when our children see us doing something kind for another person or, you know, respecting them in a certain way, you know, for instance, when I was young and this is something that stood out, has stood out in my mind, you know, ever since I was, I don't know, probably a 12 or 13 year old kid, I was at the store with my dad and we were buying, it was a department store. We were buying clothes for back to school or something along those lines. And there was a family in front of us who put some winter coats on layaway and they walked away and my dad walked up to the counter and he paid the rest of their um, oh, layaway. Yeah. And that has just always stuck with me because what a beautiful thing to do to have this family come back and and to realize that, you know, they didn't have to have that little struggle again of paying for a winter coat. And that's just one, you know, minor thing about building a culture of life that children see is the actions their parents take to take care of others within their community. That is such a beautiful thing. You're so right because it's, it's anonymous. It's quiet. You know, you're not, you know, standing on the rooftop shouting, look at me, look at me. You're just mm -hmm. quietly doing it. And as you say, it, you were a child and it's never, you've never forgotten it. So it is those types of things that I think, you know, we've got to try and encourage and have more and more people, you know, uh, get involved in things like that. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing that we can do this. Um, yeah. we, one of the things that I think we, we are seeing, and, and I don't know if this is, you know, this is something that, um, I, I, I don't know how we stop it. Um, 
But the lack of ability, and you know, the more and more we have abortions, the more and more a culture starts adopting that. There's less and less examples of what you have just said, because more, you know, less and less children to start with, more and more selfishness, um, you know, and, and, you know, don't ever, anybody out there who might have had an abortion, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying, I think you yourself will know that it's, it doesn't really solve the problem. Susan, you know, how do we get back? And I, I guess you've just said that, you know, the, through the examples, but we're having less and less adult people who are actually making, giving those examples. Is there something in your program that we could, you know, point to and say, here's how you do this? Well, you know, it's, it's so hard to think that, you know, when we talk about trying to reach people, mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, our problem is that we're preaching to the choir. Yeah. So, you know, it's great to, you know, reach homeschool families or Catholic schools with our programs or, you know, pro-life people with our magazine. And that's wonderful. But we have to reach the people who are on the fence or who aren't pro-life. And we have to teach them the truths of science, of building a culture of life. And we do that, you know, just a little bit at a time. Yeah, we exactly. chip away at the yeah. at the culture of death that we see all around us. And, you know, it, it comes from having moral courage. And that mm-hmm. comes from just talking to people and getting out of your comfort zone. So, you know, make friends with people who have different views than you do, because then they will see you living your faith and you will have hopefully respectful conversations with them. And maybe that's how you change minds. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I, I agree. We were just talking, my husband and I were just talking this morning and we thought, you know, we, the, every morning you get up and the news is so dire. It's like, oh my goodness. And we both mm-hmm. decided the only thing that we can do is do what we need to do today. That That's it. We've got to do what God wants us to do and then he will take it and use it as he wants it. You know, as he as he sees fit, take this, take our actions and, and multiply them in some way or, or do whatever you need to do with them. I don't know what it is. But you know, this is, this is very, it, it's incredible. This is, if you go to celebrate Great Life magazine, and I will put all of this information up on our website, folks. Um, it is the um, Celebrate Life magazine, and you, and I'll put the the the, the uh, how to get there. It's an American Life League public publication. American Life League. I'll also have their their website information up there. Um, I the, the this whole article that we've been discussing is actually up there. And if you'd go to the editor's blog, you click on that. Also, go to our website, and you'll be able to find it as well, so that everybody can see. The this amazing article that Susan has put together for us all. And, you know, subscribe to the magazine because it, it gives you amazing amount of information within this magazine. So we should really all be continuing to keep ourselves informed. And you know what, Susan? There's nothing wrong with preaching to the choir. The choir this is what we say about our Bringing America Back to Life convention. Every year we've, we've been criticized at different times to say, oh, you're just preaching to the choir. And my response is always, somebody has to teach the choir to sing. We all have to. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. you know, there's nothing wrong with preaching to the choir. We've got to get, we've got to give everybody the same song sheets, and then we've got to all start singing together. And that's what I, that's the way I always envision what we do with all, all of us. I mean, I think we all do that. So, but praise that's God. True. Thank you so much, Susan, for being with us. It's so appreciated. Thank you for having me. All right. God bless you lots. Bye bye. 
Thank you all for joining me this evening. As I say goodnight and God bless each and every one of you, I'd like to close with the words of the Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel. There may be times when we are powerless to prevent injustice, but there must never be a time when we fail to protest. From the Median is listener supported. Visit our website, fromthemedian.org, for further information or to make a donation to continue to make this radio program possible. Email us, radionews at fromthemedian.org or call 440-668-4049. Through our fromthemedian.org website, you can download this or previous programs for your listening pleasure or sign up to receive our weekly preview of upcoming guest interviews. Tune in every weeknight at the same time to listen to another great interview on From the Median as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. This program has been sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content.